All right. Hello, welcome to the 1080C podcast. I am your host, Ben Abrahamian. Uh, joining me this week, uh, three panelists. I have Ethan Ravens, executive producer of 1080C. Hey, what's up? Uh, Zach Spencer, DP of 1080C. Yo. And Connor Anthony, the greatest, most beautiful man in all of 1080C. Mm, yeah, it's true. That is true. Um, so, uh, this is the 1080C podcast, the inaugural premiere pilot episode um and basically it's going to be a weekly bi-weekly podcast we're not totally sure yet um about pretty much everything movies television entertainment whatever uh we will be talking about it and uh this week we are going to talk about the best movies of 2017 because the oscars are on sunday and a lot of times the oscars get it wrong so we are going to give the definitive Best movies of 2017. These are all facts, not opinions. Based on the four of us. Based on factual yeah. evidence. Um, so yeah, uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, so I'll start with my first movie. Um, a movie that impacted me a lot in 2017 was um, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, which is a very controversial movie. Um, people tried to strike it from the Star Wars canon because they thought it was so insulting to the story of Star Wars, mm. which I have to like highly disagree with. Um, I thought that the film itself had like a lot of flaws. Like I think we can all agree with that. I haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen it either. Ooh. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> anyways, people said the movie had a lot of flaws. You can spoil it. Spoil it. Yeah. All right. I mean, hey, there's a spoiler warning. If you yeah. Haven't seen thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, <laughs> spoiler warning. Uh, we are going to go into massive spoilers for each of the movies that we talk about. Um, I will be putting time codes in for each of the movies that we talk about. So um, if you click in the description, um, you can just click on to the next movie that we talk about if you don't want any spoilers on you know, The Last Jedi, for example. Um, so anyways, The Last Jedi, very divisive. Um, Ryan Johnson, his... Uh, Biggest movie to date, like, by far, um, known for Looper and, like, a couple episodes of Breaking Bad. Um, and I thought he really knocked it out of the park. Um, it subverted all of my expectations, um, just by the trailers, by the, you know, the posters, by what we saw in The Force Awakens. It was just an entirely different Star Wars movie. Um, a lot of, a lot of new things that had not been talked about in Star Wars or been even like thought about by the fans of Star Wars I feel like were brought into this movie and really changed the way we think about it um, uh, a lot of people had a bunch of issues with Luke in this movie um, they thought he shouldn't have been such a hermit um, the story is that Luke uh, trained a group of Jedi after the end of episode 6 Return of the Jedi, um, was recruiting a new Jedi Order, um, and in that new Jedi Order was Kylo Ren, the villain of the series, and he turned against him, Kylo Ren turned against Luke, and uh, Luke tried to kill him, and he believes sparked, like, the evil in Kylo, and, like, made him just the worst bad guy ever. Wait, so Kylo Ren was trained by Luke Skywalker? Yes. Oh, yeah, originally. Yeah. Well, we already knew that yeah. in the first one, didn't we? Did you see no. The Force Awakens? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, you least. knew you knew about the Knights of Ren, yeah, in the first one. Yeah, and yeah. They, well, and Han Solo and, said uh, Luke trained a group of Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was I guess I didn't catch. It was like yeah, it was like heavily. Yeah. Um. Whoops. But I mean that. I mean that was a big kind of like like reversal for a character to be go from like how he was in the originals to to this now having to make such a big decision to immediately just kill like try to kill off a character kill off Kylo um mm-hmm. wait they kill Kylo? well no. he tried to yeah Luke, Luke, Luke attempted yeah. to kill Kylo when he saw um yeah. the rage building in him that yeah. the bad guy Snoke had um, built up and people didn't like that because that's not um, people thought that was out of his character um, just, Mark Hamill himself thought it was yeah out of his he, he was a big like uh, voice about the other side of the argue, yes. argument he was very yes. vocal on Twitter and other, uh, other yes things. Twitter uh, I don't know Reddit Instagram whatever yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I mean I just have to like disagree with those fans like I thought it made perfect sense that he would like he trained this monster and he made him this monster and like it was all his fault and he was like acting out of fear and spoil massive spoiler uh yoda comes in what uh as a force ghost um to tell him that like your failures are acceptable like you're you know you are not defined by your failures you're only made stronger by your failures and that to me basically tied that whole plot of like Luke trying to kill Kylo in a knot uh, like this perfect knot because like I see that. I'm fine with it it's no. like accepting that what he did was a mistake and a yeah. failure yeah yeah. and so instead of saying that goes out of Luke's character to do that it's saying oh Luke is also human and he also makes, makes mm-hmm. mistakes yeah. yeah and like to me honestly it's really boring to have like an all hero type character like that, that's just not interesting like yeah. even the greatest heroes like Superman are conflicted about something like there has to be conflict for it to be a movie let alone yeah. a good movie um yeah i get that conflict um one side of me kind of like tries to view the loop from the originals where he tried to save vader where he didn't immediately just go and kill vader i mean he fought him but mm-hmm. wasn't his intention you know he went he was going to challenge him and now you just go to i mean i'm okay with it i'm not like trying to say all oh, on the other side like mm-hmm. i hate this you know why they do this to luke's character but um it's a very interesting kind of ch- change from that which is also brought up um that luke like had this hubris about him and was humbled by this experience he had you know he was luke skywalker the savior of the galaxy and like now, he's, know, on, now he's on an island in the middle of nowhere yeah being a hermit because he like he failed so hard he like yeah. basically brought the dark side back yeah um and like i like you know, I get upset when I like lose a game of Mario Kart. Like I, I can't imagine how he feels. Um, it was really, I I didn't think it was that much of a stretch to say that Luke would get bummed out and like want to quit being a Jedi. Forever. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see how that gets to a point where he just he just abandons that. You know, everyone abandons. You know, the resistance, whatever it's called at that point, mm-hmm. and you know, the rebel- rebellion and them just goes away. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I to, yeah. to play like devil's advocate, this is a couple things that I've heard. Probably the reasons that I haven't even seen the movie from people being like, okay, so against it. Mm-hmm. The pacing is off. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I did. That, that was a like problem. The so, yeah. main thing I heard about <laughs> it. I'm a big a little, pacing little guy. Too long. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, like, if right. pacing's so off, you like, you like yeah. pacing, huh? If, well, if there's like a, sl- if it's a slow or weird, weirdly paced yeah. movie, then I just like, think, I think so, yeah. For me, pacing. the the pacing 
Definitely. So, okay. Full disclosure, I've seen this movie five times. <laughs> um, I have not. <laughs> um, and I would see it six times if, you know, anyone wanted to go see it. But um, the thing is, like, obviously the pacing gets more, like, easy to adjust to once you know what's coming. Um, but the first time I saw it, I did have an issue with the pacing. Um, there's, a, there's a chunk of the movie that is fairly unnecessary. Like, there is a point to it, but the point could have been made elsewhere, and it was just yeah. kind of cheesy and dumb. It's a scene with uh, Finn, who was the, the stormtrooper from The Force yeah. Awakens, and a new character named Rose, who doesn't really have a purpose in yeah, this movie, she, other than to like tell Finn to fight for what he loves, not what he hates. She was probably like the weakest character she was a, out of the new In trilogy, my opinion, yeah. a very weak character. and But... That is overshadowed by so many great moments, like the, uh, like the throne room fight scene. Like that was so phenomenal. Yeah, that was, that was probably the highlight of like the whole movie. That, that, that was like the highlight of like <laughs> this new batch of Star Wars. Yeah, movies. definitely. Um, so, yeah. And every moment with Luke and Ray training was just so cool to see. Like, see these old and new characters react, interact, and um, just like get to know each other that we've been waiting for for so yeah. long. Um, there's a lot of other problems that people have. Um, I wondered that. <coughs> yeah, I was gonna say the other problem that also goes with pacing is points of like humor and like brief kind of comedic relief. I felt that like mm-hmm. you have a scene where there's a lot of tension building up and like a lot of character, you know, struggle going on, and they just have like a one line at the end. It's like, oh, geez, why did you put that there? Yeah, you know, yeah, it kind of just throws you off. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It, it does. It does try to do the the Marvel humor yeah. of just like quick, 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 quick. It, quip, it quip, felt quip. more yeah. of like our world's kind of like humor, like mm-hmm. society humor, not like a Star Wars kind of world. That's our, you know, you kind of expect. And, and like to that, I'll say like there is moments in the original trilogy where like the humor is just not funny. Like I mean, I think that's maybe a generational thing. Like if you go back well, to them, but like now, speaking right now, right now, like it, it felt more like our like way too close to it. Not like. I could see, oh yeah, it's just a branch off. Or you're like, oh maybe they could, but like I don't know. I mean, it's a new generation of like people in that universe too, so it could be like yeah. cultural shift. But hey, yeah. I mean, yeah, there were there were hit or miss lines, but um, like the first uh, prank call at the beginning, I I, I, I thought that was funny. I love Oscar Isaac. I, I, Oscar Isaac was great in this movie. He is my favorite actor, like currently. Yeah. Um, in general, I like. Current actors now, yeah, he's one of my favorites. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I like him. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, well, okay. that's <laughs> another podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, th- there was some humor that was definitely a miss. Like shirtless Kyle. Kind of like, <laughs> and that was pretty funny. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was good so mean, but in the moment, I was like, okay. so why? I now was that supposed to be funny in the movie? Because again, I haven't yeah. seen it. it, it uh, so it was it, like it was actually meant to actually tell us. Uh, it was actually meant. It was put in there. Actually, so they can know that she could actually see Kylo, that oh, not not just like talking to him, they could see his okay. form, his physical form. That's why they put it in there. But, okay, and yeah. it also showed like the scarring on his body, and like it was kind of a dumb joke where she was like, "Can yeah. you put yeah. like can a towel on?" Yeah. Like this is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, like um, she was literally ready to kill him in the last movie, but when he does, <laughs> yeah, now it's like, okay, oh, hold on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, can't do that anymore. And then like Snoke, major spoiler again, is like the new emperor in this movie and like pretty much about an hour before the end of the movie he just gets killed like with no real backstory so that was a huge problem a lot of people have also <coughs> but who was Snoke? 
he so he was the guy in the Force Awakens that was like the hologram and that. Oh giant, yeah, yeah, the big yeah, giant guy. Big guy. Yeah. yeah. So he has much more. And of a then role he just dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that really revealing too much. Was I thought I thought it was okay because I kind of didn't want another like emperor dude because mm-hmm. I felt after this all uh, Force Awakens was like okay he's like the next emperor or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now since you kill him off, it's like oh well. I mean. <laughs> well it also yeah. goes back to that like hubris that Jedi and Sith have of like. In that moment, he was saying, like, I cannot be killed, I cannot be beaten, whatever, and then Kylo does this little force trick and, like, cuts him in half. Mm. Um, which, like, to me, shows how strong and determined that Kylo Ren is. Yeah. Um, also, huge standout, Adam Driver, literally the best part of this movie. Yeah, like, he, I, he ate up every scene yeah. he was in. It was so he, easily the best character. Which one is he? Kylo he's Ren. long hair, bad yeah, guy with a mask. Oh, I didn't know that was the actor's name. Yeah, yeah, that's him. But yeah, no, he's easily the best character Mm -hmm. in terms of like his development and just his performance is amazing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we have a bunch more movies to get to. Well, one last thing. But coming from a guy that didn't see the movie, Mm -hmm. and you guys are obviously huge Star Wars fans. Of course. What does this rank as far as Star Wars movies goes? And and overall, in like two words, what was the best part of this movie? Uh, so rank, as far as Star Wars movies goes, um, I would put it up there with the original trilogy. Like, I thought Return of the Jedi was the weakest of the trilogy. Uh, episode five and Episode four are, are two of the best, not only Star Wars movies but movies ever, in my opinion. Um, so I would put it um, either in front of or behind uh, Episode six, Return of the Jedi. Um, I'll put the big place. Um, and then two words, the best part of this movie, throne room, like, or Kylo Ren, like, either one of those. Yeah. I guess that's four words, but um, we will move on to the next movie. I mean, I can say oh, mine. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't say anything. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll let you speak, but hey. Um, <laughs> uh, no, my order is probably pretty similar. I would probably say, there's actually times when I think, actually, A New Hope, even, like, Beat out Empire Strikes Back, but I, I I say they're both very close. Um, a New Hope is like the classic. Yeah, because it's like the one like you, it was one at least for me that I was exposed to first. Like I the first Star Wars I ever oh, you know, yeah. saw. So like, it's the reason that you yeah it's the reason why we love it. So yeah. it's like hard to you know that was the first experience, the first time you were thrown into that like world, and it just such an impact on so mm-hmm. many things. Um, but yeah, now it's either like like five, four, and I'll probably put Return of the Jedi as like the third, so I keep like the originals and probably behind that I would say The Last Jedi is the next. Uh, okay. Four, so. Um, uh, also, you said the, the best moment or so. Yeah, the throne room. I mean, that, that just like, after that happened, I was like, where can we go to next? Like, I was like, what's going to happen next? Like, that was, that was amazing. Um, but like the guards getting like. Oh, oh stabbed in the eye. Oh, in the oh, eye. That yeah, so that. That was beautiful. That uh, was great. Sounds great. Yeah, you see it. Do you want to go around the room? Because I, I feel like that took a while. So do you want to like go around the room, like his top movie, and then, or do you want to just keep going? Like, do you want movie? me to just continue with my movies? Or uh, no, he's saying like you do one movie, you do one movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We're figuring this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, let's go to let's do. Well, I guess this is clockwise. So let's go to Connor. Um, Connor, what do you have to say about Get Out? Um, yeah, so it's actually an interesting choice, I think, mean, for me at least. Um, because, like, when doing this list, I have to go off to off of the movies that I've actually seen. Like, there's a lot of movies out there that I, I wish I've seen this year that I, I probably would put above if I've seen them. Um, but 
Uh, Get Out was definitely a movie that, like, as I was watching, I definitely, like, it's one of those movies you think you know what's going to happen. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just you know, a classic kind of horror movie. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. But it's a, a movie to, to keep you, like, interested and just, like, keep throwing curveballs in, in there and out that don't feel, like, cliche or, like, rushed. Um, I thought it was very fresh um, as terms of, like, an experience because I'm not a big, like, horror kind of fan. I don't really, like, care, you know, I'm not too big into, you know, spooky movies you know um but yeah no it it definitely like refined my interest in definitely the genre as a whole um i think that's why it's on my list just because like if i saw oh it's just a horror movie like yeah whatever but after seeing it i was like man like this is very well done uh jordan peele directing like did a great yeah. job yeah, um, which that was a shocker in and of itself yeah i was yeah. like i was like hey like what he's doing this that's awesome <laughs> so talk about that for a minute the just the filmmaking aspect of it like um the technical aspect of it i guess um jordan peele this was his first time directing i believe yeah um directing a feature yeah and something. he really nailed it so um what like from a technical perspective what is good about this film? um i definitely think because i definitely like in a horror movie it's hard to kind of like put like the, the the character was ever in place of like the conflict or like the bad situation to have them too kind of like knowing and too like you know he knows that everything's gonna happen or like he doesn't like to keep that kind of balance of like oh what's gonna happen next what's he gonna you know what's he gonna find out what's where you know the family gonna do um i felt that was all it felt very kind of like i want to say natural i feel it's kind of cliche same thing to say but it feel like I was watching like a movie where like everything's so scripted and like thought out. Like I felt like it could have went like so many different ways. I did something differently. Well, um, yeah, get out, like, get out. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and like the reality was like, if you listen to Jordan Peele talk about it, it was a very like meticulously thought yeah, out yeah. movie, but it it did seem natural. Yeah. Like, it seemed you were in the story. With yeah, the you characters. were along for the ride. Yeah. That, that, that's why I felt like it. Um, yeah. And then I mean this this kind of minor i guess a spoiler the end yeah it has has you know ha- i want to say a happy ending i mean mm-hmm. i know there's there's obviously there was an alternate like ending yeah. that yeah wasn't I, I at least i didn't think it was as good as um as it was what was the alternate ending? it was like they, they um, like a real cop shows up or yeah something? yeah well, so the cop from the beginning yeah pulls him over yeah, here, yeah, yeah he comes, arrests him yeah, and then like he's like in jail, in jail yeah. but he says like it doesn't matter that i'm jail because like i stopped <laughs> these crazy people yeah yeah, that would kind of suck. Yeah, I, I definitely think the payoff at the end, the how they did it, definitely made more sense, and like you mm-hmm. felt like it, a complete story at the end. Yeah, yeah, so. and I think like just like it, every there are a lot of like cliche horror tropes in this. Like, you know, there's lots of unnecessary jump scares that are literally just like one of them is just like a woman walking by, and then the music just spikes out. <laughs> and it's just like. No. I, I feel like maybe that's more of like a homage to like other like other horror movies putting it in like that it's not like oh we're just doing it just cause like I feel like it's kind of respecting other horror you know genres and yeah. other movies that came before that did kind of do yeah. that thing have, I you mean, guys, have you guys seen Lessons from the Screenplay video that just came out yesterday I did not it was know. on Get Out oh. and uh, I'm totally going to plagiarize what he said because he <laughs> said some great stuff but like one of the things that stuck out to me most was that in a lot of classic horror films Scream Nightmare on Elm Street um, like or, or uh, like neighborhoods, those types of areas, ones that we're all familiar with, are usually the victim of the horror that's going on. Mm-hmm. So Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, it's this neighborhood that's getting attacked by this scream. It's a, you know, people in their houses are getting attacked. Um, but in this one, the the neighborhood or the, or the middle class, they're not middle class, 
<laughs> they're like first or upper class. Upper, upper class, class, first yeah. class. They're yeah, first. Yeah. Class. Whatever. First, uh, first, they're first they're class. the <laughs> they're the source of the horror. And so the one place that you would take comfort in hmm. is actually the source. Yeah, and yeah, so you feel so much like so so removed from it because you can't be comfortable anywhere. Hmm. Um, and also with the whole, I mean, the whole thing was everyone was freaking out about the whole race issue that was going to happen and everything. Um, but but that was such a play on a modern thing that first of all there's there's two ways that people would have already related to the conflict going on first of all a guy meeting his girlfriend's parents for the first time mm -hmm. um, that's already something that people know and they can relate to and they're already uncomfortable with but also it being a white family and a black guy coming that's also something that people can relate to saying oh this is already disaster being set up yeah. uh, and so you already go into this place that you're supposed to find comfort in you already go into it completely uncomfortable and in that un like uncomfortableness just keeps building up and, and builds that horror so much yeah and it's um it does a good job of like i guess translating that like anxiety like not that any of us know we're all white males but mm -hmm. like um that like you know i think jordan peele said it kind of related to uh like him meeting well he said it wasn't anything like him meeting his wife parents but like you know getting into like a group of white people where you are just like singled out like you are forcibly singled out by this color of your skin like mm. it takes that and it just amplifies it to a hundred yeah like, um it's just it's such a fun not fun but it's such a like interesting thing concept to toy with that. when he plays on it so much all the guests that come over every single one of them is obsessed with his blackness yeah um yeah again yeah. i'm totally stealing everything that lessons from the screenplay is talking about but um like everyone comes over and the girl, the the older women are like feeling his muscles and being like, oh wow, this is you're really lucky and and the um the dad is saying something like, oh I would have voted for Obama for third term, best president ever. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like it's so it's just building yeah. so much on the uncomfortableness that like you almost you almost uh, put the uncomfortable feeling that you get. You almost what is the word I'm looking for? You almost uh, accompany that with the feeling of horror. Yeah. So it's like. The feeling of uncomfortableness is is you could make that into a comedy. You could you could yeah. say that it's humorous, but at the same time, we know we know it's a, a horror genre, and yeah. so we already like start making that uncomfortableness into like fear. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of, like expectations you have on like how it's gonna interact between them already, and just seeing that play out from the perspective as you know the main character. You know, you definitely you're long you literally you are along for the ride, and just seeing that happen unfold is mm -hmm. definitely a new experience. Yeah, and uh, just real quick, I'll say, uh, you were talking about how it could be comedic. Like, the film is actually very comedic. Yeah, yeah. the friend, the friend back home. It, it, yeah. Like, never have I laughed so hard in a movie that, like, also had me on the edge of my seat. In yeah. The like, it, it was strange. Yeah, I don't, I don't know any other horror movie that has, like, been able to have humor that wasn't... Well, I mean, it, a lot of the humor with the friend was cheesy, but it wasn't enough to take me out of the feeling of horror that I was getting mm -hmm. from the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, and, like... I, it again it just like shows to what a great director Jordan Beale is like mm -hmm. being able to have that balance yeah um yeah, do you have any being a last, anyone have any last thoughts on get out I think so I mean yeah I mean I thought it was I yeah it's a great film and uh actually nominated for best picture at the yeah, Oscar which is, is yeah yes, <laughs> which like surprised me yeah, um and the actor uh Daniel I think it's pronounced Kaluuya yeah. um I I'm totally butchering the name but um also, the great performance. Every actor in this movie is great. Oh, and I was so excited he was in it because Black Mirror. I'm a huge yeah, Black yeah, Mirror like, fan. Yeah, and after I saw, yeah. what is it? Um, 
uh, it's something with dance is the title that he's it's like in. million merits. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one million. Is it, yeah, merits. it's one million yeah, merits. Yeah. He his performance in that is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. What accent is that? What is where is he from? I, he's from. He's from somewhere in England. I, I don't know. <laughs> but he's so good in that that I was like, I, I'm already gonna enjoy this movie yeah, just because of him. Yeah. All right. Um. On to the next film. Uh. Zach. Spencer, uh, which of your films would you like to talk about first? Um, let's go straight into a ghost story. Alrighty. Because at least one other person here has seen a ghost story. And honestly, a, <coughs> a ghost story... Kana, have you seen it? No, I have not. <laughs> I, Zach and I are the only I, I haven't seen any of these movies so far, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, a ghost story is the most recent movie that has made it into my top 25 movies list. And it is... Not only top 25. Not only top 25. It made it into the top four. And I... Pretty much all of my top movies have always been Coen Brothers movies. This one actually is the first film ever to kick out a Coen Brothers movie from my top five. Uh, it is now ranked four. And let me just say, that's a big deal. Uh, so, a quick summary of, of the movie. Total spoiler. Is that... Uh, it's, it's a guy and his wife... Uh, the, the guy ends up dying in a car crash and comes back as a ghost and he's literally in like a bed sheet with two black holes for eyes um, so it's <coughs> playing on the old uh, like childish Charlie vibe Brown. yeah total childish <laughs> vibe and uh, <coughs> basically he's observing uh, his wife in this house and and he's he's watching her do her thing she ends up moving away and so uh, he starts to haunt the people that come into the house later on. Um, because he's, like, angry that his wife left, basically. He's That's angry that his wife left. He's angry with just kind of the whole situation, like, wife, other like, people being in the house and everything. Um, he starts kind of... As far as... Sorry. As yeah. far as he knows, like, he's stuck in this situation forever. Yeah. Um, his wife moved on. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? His wife moved on? Yeah, his wife ended up moving on and and moving away, and and so his tie was to this house, and oh. and her leaving is is kind of saying that she moved on from him. Got it. Um, so one of the key aspects, actually, pretty much the whole purpose of this movie is that the wife um, talks about in the very beginning. She used to write uh, little notes to herself, and she would hide them, and uh, and that way she could find them later. And, and just see what she was, I guess, thinking at the time. Uh -huh. So before she leaves, she writes a note that you never see what was on the note, and you're not supposed to know what it was. She hides it in one of the, uh, the like moldings this, yeah, in, like in the house, way. and yeah. she paints over it. So it's stuck in there. So, so the ghost, he spends all his time trying to get this note out of the wall. Um, but every time he does it, he gets distracted by these other families coming in and destroying the house. So he ends up... So he can touch things? Yeah, he can move things around. He ends up throwing plates at one point. Like, he, he actually can do things. But um, basically, I'm not going to go into the whole plot of the movie, but basically at the end, he ends up getting the note and immediately disappears. Uh, and so you don't know if he like went to the afterlife or if he's just gone. You don't know what it is. Uh, one thing that I talked with, with Ben about was the point of the movie is pretty confusing because there's there's a lot to discuss about it and you're not sure kind of what it what is the main purpose and so and so one one interview with the director of the movie who I don't remember his name uh, but he said the whole purpose was the uh, the attachment to this note uh, the the emotional attachment to physical items is in this director's eyes uh, useless 
because it ends up always leading to like devastation. Uh, this poor ghost dude, he he tried so hard and like lived a miserable afterlife trying to figure out what was in this note. And as soon as he saw what was on the note, he disappeared. And so he was he was there for uh, yeah like hundreds of years. He even went maybe back even in thousands. time. Yeah. yeah, he goes so like he goes like through the future and like. Like the like, house, the house gets demolished, um, and then this it turns into like an office. Turns into this huge skyscraper. Yeah, it's like um, it's like Blade Runner. Like it goes into like that kind of world. Like it's just this yeah. futuristic neon oh, okay. world. But then he goes back in time again, down to like the fifteen hundreds yeah, or like something like that. Days, yeah. uh, and so he's just like going through. Like, yeah. So so it. he he try, yeah because now at this point the house is gone, the note's gone with it. So he had to find a way to go back in time, which is he kills himself by jumping off the skyscraper. That's how he goes back in time. Right. Um, and of course, of course, you know. <laughs> so, see, that's how you do it. But that's that's how he goes back, and he waits. I mean, just thousands of years to find out what this is. And the director's thing was that's just such a useless thing to have an emotional attachment to physical items because if you just move on, things are going to be easier. Is the very basics, and obviously it's much deeper than that, but that's the very basic purpose of this movie. Um, which I found to be really cool. Uh, the, way they told, the way that they told the story. Because again, with, with most movies, there's an underlying meaning, and pretty much all the underlying meanings are the same, you know. Do the right thing, don't do the wrong thing. But it's about the way that they tell this meaning is, is the coolest part of the movie. And so for this one, uh, having a childish ghost sit around for thousands of years and haunt people to find out what this was. Like, I don't know. Talk um, about it. You're the one, yeah. Yeah, so if you... I really appreciate your analysis of it because, like, much more than, like, over a text at midnight. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I really like the the message of this story, this film, um, especially having you explain it a little more clearly now. Um, my biggest problem with this movie comes from the actual presentation and filmmaking of it um mm. there <laughs> elaborate because um basically <laughs> yeah, what i think like the other direct night, attack um, on zach <laughs> <laughs> the uh so the scene there's a four literal four minute scene of <coughs> well no no, no 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 are we talking about the pie thing yes yeah. it's an eight, it's an eight minute scene two what's that say so, oh, the movie recording has been stopped automatically. Oh, sweet. All right, so this will just be an audio podcast. Okay. Um, it's continue. it's an eight-minute scene. It's it's two four-minute shots. But then continue. What? I got to turn Oh, yeah. Two four-minute yeah. shots of... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll pause for now. Well, Connor has to... I mean, keep talking. Keep talking. Keep going. Okay, so, yeah, you, you were already talking. I was just saying, it was... Twice as long as you said. It was an eight-minute scene. It was of eight her minutes. Getting it's it's eight minutes, but two different shots for four minutes each. Oh, the one where she's at the table and the one where she's on the ground. Yeah. Okay. And she's just eating a pie, no words. She's eating a pie with no words. Like it's it's just like the room tone basically, and you can hear her fork scraping against the for four thing. minutes. For how long? Minutes. How how long is this movie? This uh, it's an like hour and a half. It's an hour and a half. So that's so eight, eight, eight minutes out of a lot of time. Wait, so do that calculation. How, how much? Uh, how much <laughs> of the movie? Percent. What percent of the movie is? What percent of the movie is eating a pie? But see, <laughs> the whole thing. Pie. Just eating a that's pie. That's the whole thing, and it's a controversial thing. And I feel like the director literally did it for the artistic choice of he wants people to be bored. He wants people to think, what what the heck is uh nice <laughs> is, little person. Uh, what the what the actual frick is is happening and and like and why are we made to watch this? Uh, um, 
And so, and so while you're watching it, at least for me, I think I immediately felt exactly what the director wanted me to feel, which is total just like mourning, like like this, the, the woman just lost her husband, as far as you know, probably the day before. Um, and, yeah, yeah. And, she's, and she's eating yeah. this pie in her kitchen for eight straight minutes. It's just two shots, each about four minutes long, for eight minutes she's, and she's really sad and she's really sad and the ghost is in the background watching her which interesting enough you never see the ghost's face when she's sitting down on the ground like that oh, he's you cut just off see, like his like you just see his chest down his so it's, it's a weird thing where you know he's there but you're not focused on him and that was the whole thing you wanted him to focus on her because you wanted to feel her emotion mm-hmm. and now i will agree with what you're saying so yeah. what percent is it What's that? What percent? Oh, so, yeah, 11% of this movie is <laughs> <really alive. laughs> More than 10%. That is oh, so More than much. a tenth of this movie. <laughs> a tenth of the movie is just that one pie shot. Um, so my problem with that was, I felt that emotion of, like, man, th- this she is devastated, and, like, it is just so sad seeing this woman mm. sit here and eat a whole pie. Well, excuse me. <laughs> a whole ch- pie. Oh. <laughs> 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 it's so sad. Um, a whole, she eats a whole pie. Well, she almost doesn't that she like throws up by the what end. What kind of pie? Oh, she it's did. a cherry oh. pie, I think. She throws did they up. say that? Did I, they say that? No, I, they didn't. That was in my head from a different movie. We don't know what kind of pie it is. We can want it. To don't even know what kind of pie it is. Yeah, it's no. really important to uh, the character. Well, I mean, at least you know what, what you want. You know, I heard cherries represent. Yeah, what does it represent? Okay, okay. So, it's a pie. But yeah, so I felt that emotion of like, wow, this is devastating <coughs> after two minutes. <laughs> and then six minutes, I'm like, you know, just like looking yeah. around like, yeah. okay, yeah. like I get it. You like, feel like you get the point. I, that moment, I understand. Right? I understand the artistic value. And I'm not saying I would make it different, but I'm saying it was not for me. Like, cause mm. I, when I listen to you talk about it, like... You and the director sound like you would be best friends. <laughs> yeah, dude, watching his interviews, I was like, oh, I totally, I'm on the same <laughs> wavelength right here. Um, I would hate but that. But yeah, it's just, it just didn't yeah. hit me as much as I think mm-hmm. was intended. Yeah. And another scene like that comes up when, like, these other people move into the house, and there's, like, a party, and there's this dude having, like, an existential fireside <laughs> chat at this table in the middle of this, like, party where, like, people are trying to drink and dance and have fun, and he's sitting there talking about how nothing matters. Also, one continuous shot, which is impressive, but... Well, okay, it starts on the side, and then, but it's, like, four minutes and four minutes. Yeah. So, like, he's talking for a long time, which is not seen a lot in films these days. Yeah. Um, and he is talking about, like how nothing matters because we're all going to be dead and like you know the sun is going to explode or whatever I don't even he even, he even starts asking everyone in the party hey who here has kids and he's like oh yeah your kids are going to die your oh, yeah. kids are going to die he is the like biggest, being an asshole to everyone yeah, he is the worst kind of guy you want at a party and like I can totally see you like love well that's the thing if <laughs> yeah, you, you know me stuff. everything about this movie is things that I like so long shots I'm all fucking about him yeah. I'm not friggin about him I uh, love long shots too like and Long shots are fine, yeah. but I, I don't want to be bored ever. That's why you don't waste there, time. There was not shots. enough interesting me in the frame or in like the content of the like what's being said. Well, and that all right. So going back to the pie eating scene, he, the guy, I forget his name honestly. It's not important because he, the ghost. Yeah. Well, Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck's character. Casey Affleck is a ghost, but so we'll just call him Casey because I don't remember his real name in the movie. I think it was like John, something generic, but um. 
but like he's kind of like he it, it's kind of showing that the life of like her like the life is taken out of her and so the boredom you're supposed to feel bored watching it you're supposed to want that shot to end because you feel the same thing that you feel that boredom not only the sadness of it but also the boredom because she's there for, she's in the house for years and she's alone for the majority of the time and so you have to understand that like that loss would produce boredom which is a sucky thing and and part of it that you don't like you know usually you just think the sadness of it but all honestly just having the company is something that's so great about like relationships and not being gone is part of it so <coughs> with the with the with the nihilist guy if you know me i love that shit uh <laughs> so want to be nihilist yeah yeah i'm totally want to be nihilist uh and so that that whole speech was like, oh yeah, that's totally what I'm about, and so I understand that that that's pretty personal for me to like that for that reason, and that's why I think I'm defensive about it. It's just because me personally, I'm like, hell yeah, I love this guy. Singing. I think, and so that uh, <coughs> when we were texting the other night, like we both were like, but that is like the beauty of film. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't get into it, but you could, and yeah. Like, that's just how films are. Like not everyone can get into it, and like an ideal world all movies would be great and we would all love them but like that's not possible because like, yeah i would you, say with like boredom boredom comes up a lot you know in life just in general mm -hmm. but i think the reason why you don't see it a lot in movies is because you try to nobody you don't want to go to boredom yeah you don't <laughs> you see try to watch it, yeah. a movie to escape this boredom. To, to escape you, the boredom. you don't see it in in most types of movies though no country for old men it's pretty boring honestly See, mm -hmm. I disagree with that. I totally there, yeah, I disagree. There, there are I lots of times that. where yeah. it's just it's quiet and they're kind of long shots and it's just kind of it gets. There are times where people could get bored with it. My, I showed it to my sister. She passed out like immediately. And, but like, there, there's at least tension it. building. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's for a lot. purpose. I mean, yeah, yeah the reason why this. And not that there's not a purpose to this guy talking about yeah. death and the universe exploding or whatever, but like the way it's presented to me is just this guy like. Well, it seems pretty abstract. I haven't seen the movie. But yeah. It seems pretty up. like this guy is just introduced as this guy. He's not. Yeah, no, like you have no. Well, because you're because you're traveling through time with the ghost, and so he's watching people move into this house and do things. Yeah. And so it's like this Hispanic family moves in, and then he haunts them, and they leave, and then the next thing you're thrown into this party, like decades later, right. in the same house, and and this guy is just in the middle of his conversation already. So uh, he's already been way, talking for thirty minutes. I want to mention real quick. Uh, we were recording. Uh, video and then it shut down and Connor put it away. So yeah. that's what we were talking about earlier. Right. I realized we didn't explicitly say. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, Canon. But yeah, <laughs> not um, brought to you by Canon. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the point of that whole speech was was to emphasize the fact that emotional ties to physical items is worthless because in the end it's not going to matter. And so that was it. Just that was the only time that it's verbally kind of stated because there's not much dialogue in the movie. Yeah. Well, and th the thing with that is the same as the pie scene. Like, I got it after two <laughs> minutes, and then it just kept going. Uh, like, it didn't even go that long. It that. Oh man, it felt like hours for me. What? I was. It just, went way too quick for me. I, I oh was thinking about this guy. I'm like, man, you're just such a jerk. Like, if I ever, he is, he is an uh, asshole. Yeah. Like, if I was ever at a party with this guy, like, I would just walk away. Else. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. see you yeah. later. Um, now the last comment I got to make about the movie. Okay. Is that. One, one thing that I liked that my sister said about my sister's a photographer and her biggest problem with a lot of student films in general but like a lot of movies is she's like you have the opportunity to make every shot so beautiful 
why wouldn't you do it? Why compromise at all? Like, why rush that? Make every shot perfect. Um, and she said, for a ghost story, every every shot, like, she wants stills of. She wants to, like, frame each shot because it It does have a beautiful aesthetic about it. She was like, it has to be a photographer that, like, made the cinematographer. There was a cinematographer that. Because, like, every shot, it's also... It has, like, a weird aspect ratio that makes it look like a like a Super 8 film kind yeah. of. Yeah. It's, um, it's more square than yeah. rectangular. And it's just, every shot is just gorgeously, like, composed and framed. And mm-hmm. you're just like, holy shit. I, I'm just, I just want to stare at this. The lighting is great. Just, I just want to stare at it. Yeah. Which it gives you many opportunities to just sit there and stare. Because <laughs> not much is happening. And the thing, yeah, and the thing for me is those frames were beautiful, but not, like, interesting enough to distract me or to keep me going with the thing that was on screen um could it be if it's eight minutes of pie (laughs) (laughs) well again it's all real world stuff so you're stuck in this house for the majority of the movie so it's not like we'll talk about later thor ragnarok where it's literally like everything the cinematography is beautiful but it's so colorful and so many things are going on that your eyes are just like oh my god there's so much it's like nothing you've ever imagined yeah Yeah. and then this one's just like oh we're in the kitchen for yeah. a good yeah no that's here. definitely cool oh. but all right so i'm gonna cut you off because we've been talking oh, yeah, about yeah. that for like 15 minutes <laughs> um <laughs> so we'll go on to the next movie uh ethan tell me about coco <laughs> let's talk about coco has anyone else besides ethan seen coco i wanted to <laughs> are you kidding me See, <laughs> listen pixar has not been on a hot streak lately with what what, what? like i feel like I, I saw this and I completely agree with it with like Incredibles 2 and Toy Story 4 on the way like Pixar's golden days are far behind them what movie is out because those movies are not out so what movies are out that you're like Pixar's out did they did they make that one with the little woodpecker or something was that them oh, it's on know. Netflix now get, get out of here it's like Woody the Woodpecker. Oh, nah, I gotta look. Pixar would never. No, there was one with a um, like a woodpecker or something. It's on Netflix now, and it was supposed to be like the worst no. thing ever. No, I was thinking this is more Pixar. of like Cars Three. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Cars Three. Cars Three. Cars University was a good movie, yeah. but and but it wasn't. It wasn't the like of Pixar. Yeah, like, like the Incredibles Pixar? and Finding Nemo. Those are like. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. will say that Inside Out was 2013, and that was that was not too long. I mean, I that guess was really a long time ago. It's five years ago at this point, four or five years ago. Well, they only come out with a movie, you know. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes out okay. with movies very rarely. Tell me about yeah. Coco. Let's, let's yeah, let's get, get into that. that. Uh, I think yeah, completely. Just just, I think Pixar gets a bad rap from from our generation. I guess I don't know. It just feels that way. Well, I feel like everyone loves you know The Incredibles, Toy Story, Up. So when I say I, you know, Pixar is my top three movies of 2017, people will look at me like, oh <laughs> like, Ethan, like we're all looking at you right now. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like you're an idiot. Like, and I'm like, but but Pixar is is literally the, I mean, you go to Pixar for like the best, some of the best, like literally the one, the some of the best stories, in like story writers like go to Pixar. They have like a whole like framework of like. Pixar is like the principal guider of story writing. I mean, some of our best childhood movies have to be made by Pixar. I mean, like I mean, I would say like all of the best, yeah, are either like Pixar or Disney. Yeah, yeah everything yeah. I've like, grown up with. Like, Disney owns. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. yeah, Disney owns everything. But they put but, the standards up there. Yes, yeah. I would. Yeah, I would say that. So does Coco reach those standards of Up, The Incredibles, Toy Story, Monsters Inc. Finding Nemo. Oh, Finding Dory came out too. That was. Uh, I was not. I did not see Finding Dory. To Finding Dory. 
I didn't. But see it that. wasn't I didn't see that fantastic. It wasn't fantastic, but I never expect that of a sequel. All right, out of uh, Toy Story three. Let's let's not count sequels. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and then Pixar is just dominates, destroys, destroys it. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, Coco, 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 Coco was fantastic. I mean, absolutely incredible story with incredible characters and incredible uh, <coughs> world building. Just like give us a brief summary. All right, so here's what happened to Coco. Give yeah, like a two sentence summary. Uh, no, I'm gonna give the long line. <laughs> <laughs> so Coco, he uh, is okay. Uh, one problem with the movie, terrible title, uh, and I'll get to that in a second. But is that the kid's name? No, that's his oh. grandmother's name. Who's in the movie? She probably has like ten minutes of screen time. So it's a terrible title. Like, yeah, it's a very very bad like title. And I think that's <laughs> one of the reasons. I think that's one of the reasons. It should have been. It should have been called. Uh, like Land of the Dead or something like the, that. The grandpa was in there less than the pie was in a ghost story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. Coco is a full two hours, isn't it? Yeah, the grandma was probably in there less percent than that pie in a ghost story. <laughs> but, uh, Co- yeah, Coco is probably in Coco less percent <laughs> than the pie. But, uh, yeah, so what happens is Miguel, he's this, uh, he's this kid, I think his name is Miguel, I hope I get it wrong, but he's this kid uh, in Mexico and uh, he lives with this family of shoemakers and they're all like we love making shoes and you're gonna be a great shoemaker one day and he's like but guys I love music and and they hate music <laughs> like and the reason they hate music is because their grandfather or the great grandfather his great grandfather left the family to pursue a life of music and basically is the Frank Sinatra of Mexico uh, like there's a lot of parallels between him and Frank Sinatra uh, and uh, yeah what ends up happening is Miguel finds out that like this famous guy is his ancestor and he knows that like, he has to pursue music so uh, he goes and steals his like guitar and strums it and then he's instantly transported to like the land of the dead or like and his like family is there like his ancestors uh and he can't get back to like the real world unless one of his family members gives them his blessing so he but then his family members are like they also hate music so they're like they're like we're not gonna give you your blessing unless like you can give your blessing and you can give any conditions that you want and if they don't Except those, if they like break those conditions in the real life, they get instantly transported back into the land of the dead. So they're like, you can't do music, and then he gets goes back, and then he instantly plays the guitar, and like <laughs> like is teleported right back. So he has to. Uh... Anyway, long story short, there's like this crazy twist with this with this like character, uh, like that he like ends up following to try to find uh, his grandfather, like the Frank Sinatra guy, because he thinks that is that's his. Uh, that's his grandfather. Spoiler alert, it's not his grandfather. What twist. Well, now I can't watch Coco. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Coco's the best movie of all time, and you're totally wrong. And, no, it's just really, it's just really, like, the characters are, like, fantastic. And the whole time, you're, like, you're, like, the, the message seems to be, like, follow your dreams. But it's really, like, it turns on you, and the message isn't follow your dreams. It's, like, 
it's actually family is more important than than your dreams basically is what so i'm saying give up on your dreams to satisfy your ancestors no <laughs> see it's, it's basically it's basically like don't let your dreams cloud your uh relationships but that so would that be more of like the family like also accepting that like don't let yeah, yeah. your dreams for He's, your son being exactly. a shoemaker yeah okay. so they, so they, it cuts and both then, ways. Yeah, they accept his his musical love for music and he you know uh accepts not to like go pursue music like as a he accepts not to like basically do what his great, great grandfather does and like leave his family for music a career in music sounds like a child's version of whiplash exactly where he ruins all his relationships for the pursuit of music uh no <laughs> <laughs> like uh not at all uh he's like really like and also it's like a you know, musical like so the music the way they do the music is just like insane and it, I, it's nominated for best soundtrack i believe um, and something else. Two no- two nominations. Guys. I think it was best animated, best animated film, and uh, best soundtrack. So that's two nominations for Coco, and you guys are still. Like, well, I just also like. <laughs> I'm not a musical guy. I don't dig musicals. See, so I, that's I just love, a, pers- I that's a personal musicals. preference. Yeah, I mean, I liked La La Land. Yeah, I, s- I was the same way. I, I didn't like La musicals, La but La La Land was one of those. Yeah. You know, that, like, this wasn't. I say it's a musical, but really, uh, it's like about music. It's about music, yeah. and and like they go on stage and sing yeah. these songs. Like it's not like it's they it just break down. Yeah, song. it's not like a force kind of like. It's not like they like, force move uh, yeah. music into. I don't know movie. if that's still classified as a musical, but it is. It yeah. sounds like a movie about music more than a musical. Like inside Lou and Davis, they play yeah songs, yeah. but yeah, like you wouldn't call it a musical. Yeah, yeah, mm. and there's like. But, a, Deep soundtrack. Can we have a podcast specifically about Inside Lewin Davis? We can. On? That'll be the uh, Inside Lewin Davis podcast. Look out for that on the <laughs> SGTV. <laughs> um, all right. Any last things to say about Coco before? Yeah, we... I just wish you guys like have seen us so we could have a better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, so it's gonna be with me and mother. It was. It was like just a. I mean, just a such a colorful and the, the world was like. The. I mean, at the, before the movie, they were, like, kind of, like, stroking their ego a little bit. They were like, hey, like, look how we, like, developed this world. And, like, there's this one shot where it's, like, the entire, like, land of the dead. Yeah, it's just, I think like, I saw some of that in the yeah, trailers. Yeah, it's just, like, crazy. Like, yeah. every house has a house, little light or whatever, you know, like, so much detail. It's crazy. So, they really spent a lot of time making that look really pretty. Awesome. So, when did, when did we start this podcast? What time? Um, we are 50 minutes in. So, yeah, let's... Let's hurry to one. Let's, we just went through one movie. <laughs> well, let's, do let's, yeah. let's just do our votes. Right now? Yeah, that's an hour. Right? Don't we want to do an hour? Well, we want to get through the movies, too. All right, so let's say, like, speed round for the next two movies. All right, so well, we have... Yeah, yeah we share yeah. some movies, so we'll talk about Dunkirk real quick. Okay. Um, that's both of ours. Yeah. Um, so Dunkirk, I'll just say, is an extremely tense uh, war movie, uh, like, <coughs> the likes of which you have never seen, like, from the start to the finish, you are uh, just constantly on the edge of your seat wanting to know what happens. or And, like, you know, feeling like everything is just going to come crashing down. Like, it's like you're in a speeding car that is only gr- driving to a wall. And, like, yeah. there's no other roads yeah. leading you. It's like you're on the edge of the cliff, like, the whole time in the movie. And you yeah. don't know if you're going to fall off. Like, you don't know what's, you know, what's 
come around the corner, you really don't. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that attributes to the score. The score is basically a ticking clock in the background. Who did it? That's my favorite. Uh, was it Hans? It was Hans, yeah. Okay, Hans then, yeah, it's yeah. gotta be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the clock, the uh, Shepherd's Tone, uh, as it's called, he's yeah. in a lot of other movies. Yeah. Um, it is the yeah, greatest just, effect. It, it, it complements the movie so well, the yeah. soundtrack. So. Yeah. Um, very intense. Um, I will say that, like, you don't get horribly attached to the characters. I, I kind of feel like that was almost, like, on purpose. Right, because it's more about... Because it's it's almost like kind of this, like, nameless soldier. Kind of, it could be anybody. You know, you don't have to know his backstory. You don't have to know where he's from, you know. You know, who, who he has back home. Like, that's not important. It's more about just what's going on and, like, the challenges he's going through at that moment just to get out of a terrible situation. Yeah. I feel like that's more... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another small negative, and then we'll get into the next movie. Um, it's out of sequence, which Christopher Nolan I mean, loves to do. Um, like... Yeah. It jumps back and forth between timelines, which, like, to me, didn't really serve a narrative purpose. Um, in other movies like Memento and The Prestige, um, you know, Memento, he had, like, this weird memory thing, so that made sense. The Prestige, they were reading different journals, so that made sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that's his style. It's just, like, I'm trying to think how the movie would have flowed had they just went in, in order. And I don't think I, it would have been as good, at least in my opinion. It wouldn't have been, like... I, I feel because, like, <coughs> each story has kind of almost, like, its own story within itself. And I feel if you tried to, like, play that out time-wise, it wouldn't make sense because it's one week, one day, one hour. Uh -huh. it, it wouldn't have, like... Because you would have gone through one story first, then another, then the week as that's going. It just, yeah. I don't know, it would have been more of a mess. I, I mean, I just personally disagree. I, 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 mean, I would like to see the story would have been in continuity. Yeah, if the story would have been organized to fit that sequential order, yes. It's just, that's not how it was. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, the story inside themselves. Yeah. All right, so uh, speed round. Going on to the next movie, uh, we will talk about Mother. All right, <laughs> so I'm the only one here that's seen Mother, so I'll make it quick. Um, it, <coughs> sorry, it. <coughs> sorry about that. Um, Mother's not for everyone. Uh, it is basically a twist on. Uh, like kind of a modern version of Christianity and going through Bible stories in a like different way. Old Testament. Old Testament. Um, and then, and then. None of that New Testament. Well, no, I started going through the the Gospels. Um, at least, at least, uh, yeah, up until it all it went all the way up until Jesus's death, and okay. then yeah, and then um, and then goes into kind of a play on how modern Christianity has like turned uh, and become more corrupt. Uh, I'm gonna reiterate that this is not a movie for everyone. Um, the, uh, the general reaction, I think, is that this movie is way too pretentious and self-important. Yeah, yeah, and, and so that's why it, it made the list, but it, it hardly did. I actually changed my mind today and put it back in because it wasn't going to be in there. Um, it's interesting to watch. Just given my background, I appreciated things because I love symbolism and I could and I knew what it was talking about the whole time. Other people that didn't like know a lot of the Bible stories, they, they had no clue what was going on the whole time. They're like, what does this even mean? And I'm like, oh, this is this story. So like, if, it, if you didn't know, then that would just be kind of a stupid thing that happened. Um, if you really want to see Chris and Wig execute about six people point blank range, uh, then like that happens. So it's it's got some some crazy shit in it. Like like all of a sudden like the the like the craziest 
things just happen all of a sudden. It goes from zero to 100, and your mind is blown. Um, very gruesome uh, babies getting eaten type stuff happens. Like, it's... So does it ever seem like it's try like it's trying too hard with that kind of stuff? I would say no, because it's supposed to be exaggerated. Um, that's the whole purpose. The whole... The whole thing with the symbolism is that it, it's it's trying to show how much Christianity has been twisted from what it is supposed to be. And so it exaggerates it like an insane amount specifically to get that message across clearly. And I don't think you can go to, well, I guess you can go overboard with that, but I don't think Mother did. As, as absolutely batshit crazy as it got, I don't think they went overboard with it because I think it just really drives the message in deep. Um... But I would not recommend this movie to everyone. Like, very few of my friends, I would even say they should watch it. It's just, I happen to like it, and, and I put it in the top three because... Because also, a lot of the um, the camel work is also very particular. One, like, I'll just say one quick thing about it, is that uh, geography in movies is really important because you want to know where you are so that like you can understand what the scene is, how it's playing out, what's happening. And, and Mother played on this, and basically never gave you the uh, geography of this house that you're stuck in the whole time. Um, and so you don't know where you are the whole time. Uh, and, like, it seems like rooms keep moving around. Like, you, you really have no clue where you are. And so... So it plays off that, like, you are meant to be... You're meant to be confused. Yeah, disoriented is the best word. Because the, the character you're following around is Jennifer Lawrence, and she's disoriented and confused the whole time. And, and it drives deep into that feeling of, like, you don't know what, what is happening. Uh... So I would say it's in my top three of 2017, but maybe or maybe not go watch that. Okay, all right. Um, we will move on to the next movie, which is uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Ethan, what do you have to say about Thor Ragnarok? Uh, yeah, so I saw Thor Ragnarok. Like, all right, the reason it's on this list for me uh, is simply because I don't watch movies. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen any of the movies you guys have been talking about. And I've literally only seen three movies this year, I'm pretty sure. So Thor Ragnarok uh, is a movie that I saw a couple days ago. It, it was not days ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. We saw this it weekend. last weekend. <laughs> we saw it last weekend. I watched, I watched it with... That was my first time. Hey, hey can we say that on here? <laughs> I'll, I'll bleep it out again. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway, so... Uh, Thor Ragnarok is a, is a completely different Marvel movie uh, from a lot of Marvel movies, uh, uh, and that's because it is so funny. It's it's a comedy, uh, mm -hmm. and Marvel movies aren't usually comedies, <coughs> except for The Guardians of the Galaxy, which is also on my list. <laughs> um, all my movies are comedies, by the way. Um, and uh, I think that just is just they, the way they did that was just very well done. And the the humor, like almost a hundred percent, if not like. 95% is all, like, really funny. It's very funny. Yeah, it's just a very, very funny it, movie. And, and usually, they try, Marvel movies try so hard to, like, have humor without making the whole movie comedy, and so it comes off so cheesy and, like, mm -hmm. unwanted and placed badly. But yeah. because they went full comedy, all the jokes could land way better. Land, and yeah. so it ended up being really funny. And that is another great point about this movie, is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. No, um, they know what they're doing, and they just went with it. And, and that's, honestly, like, we get, I think, three or four Marvel movies a year now. And, like, I really, like... I'm excited for Infinity War, the new Avengers movie, but, like, I really 
do not care that much. Like, if I had a Thor Ragnarok, like, even just every, like, two or three years, like, that would be totally would fine. Be, I just yeah, want a yeah. fun, go to the movies. Yeah, and that's, I think, that's the reason it made the list, is because it's such a, like, you don't, I mean, you don't have to watch a movie to be like, and like, it's a ghost story of mother, or, you know, you don't have to be like, ah, oh, like, I need the deeper meaning. You're just like, I'm going to enjoy yourself. Yeah, just have a good time. And that's, and that's what this movie is, and it's, you know, it's just a good, fun, good, like, really fun to watch, and cinema, like, cinematography is really fun to look at. That was one thing I was going to say, is that Marvel movies really bank on the fact that they have great visual effects. Yeah. And so they don't focus as much on the on cinematography. The yeah. They just say, hey, we're going to make this look cool, but not in the way that, you know, normal movies yeah. should. Yeah. Um, and, and Thor Ragnarok did both. It, both. it had Absolutely. great visual effects, but Insane. also, like, I mean, each it was it was such a colorful movie, which let them, like, do so much, because they don't yeah. have to be realistic with it, because they're on yeah. these other worlds, on their worlds that yeah. they just made it visually so appealing. It, yeah, it, it honestly really feels good. like someone took a ton of LSD and then went into, like, a visual <laughs> yeah. effects studio yeah, yeah, yeah. and started, like... The visual yeah. effects are, like, incredible, yeah. I will yeah. say. The, and I'll say, like, I already said it before, but the, the Pegasus flashback scene yeah. with the war, mm-hmm. like... I was well, that blown away. Was very good. Yeah, I was blown away by that. The effects were really good, and then the effects with the you know at the end with the big monster was crazy. Oh yeah. And also, yeah. you know, I'd I'd watch, I'd literally watch Thor fight the Hulk for two and a half hours and be so happy. You know, like, <laughs> I, oh, the, in the yeah arena. in the arena. Yeah. I mean, that was just so yeah. much fun to watch. Like, it's just fun to watch, and that it, I think that scene just encapsulates encapsulates the whole. I just movie. love watching the whole it's concert. Just, yeah, but I will say one bad thing about the movie: Bruce Banner. I didn't feel like he did nearly as good of a job as he had in like the Avengers. You I'll know? go on and say uh, a lot of the characters were very shallow and not well mm-hmm. developed. Which like they they tried. You you mentioned it before, Ethan. You said like you know they tried so hard to like. Just jump into this huge conflict with oh he's ne- he's gonna turn into the Hulk and never go back again yeah. and like immediately he just jumps to this conclusion that he doesn't know to be true and they kind of make it ruin it with a joke yeah and then even though the joke's very funny yeah and then <laughs> at the like end yeah. and, th- and then at the end he turns into the Hulk for in in his mind he'll be forever. the Hulk forever and for, for someone he doesn't too. care about he and might he, be the Hulk forever guy yeah I mean literally he might be the Hulk forever he was the Hulk until that last scene like, for two years yeah. Yeah. yeah well and that was the whole thing was that like Ethan was talking about everything he was like I was just pissed off that like he didn't even want to go into this fight. He he doesn't know these people. He doesn't really have any conflict with them. I guess except and he didn't have to go into the fight because the Valkyrie person was right there. Yeah, ready to jump. And he just said, "Oh no, I'll just give my life away and, and become like, basically like I'm gonna people. like show you so like we can so you, I can impress you for basically. the Asgardians mm-hmm. that yeah no and like also if you've seen the Avengers trailer, I'm pretty sure Bruce Banner is in that. So like gotcha. it already wraps itself up. But yeah, yeah. Oh really? Yeah. I, I think I might yeah. be misreading. I don't even know that. why they tried to make that a plot point. Yeah, there's really like <laughs> I guess like the fault of this movie is trying to be more than just a comedy. Funny yeah. like But they should have they should have developed the characters better, I think. Yes. And there I, are there are definitely comedy should that you know, should still have developed. Yeah, there are definitely great comedies with great characters. Yeah. Um, okay, so speaking of having a good time at the movie theaters, uh, we'll switch over to Zach. Okay, with, yeah, this is actually th- with uh, Baby Driver. Yeah, so that's I mean Edgar Wright is pretty much famous for this, but in the same way that Marvel has done this with Thor Ragnarok, where you go to the movies and you want to have a good time every now and then, uh, Baby Driver, I would say in a way also as as much as it's totally not like. 
Thor Ragnarok. It, it also doesn't take itself too seriously, and which I'll elaborate on. Uh, but you go in knowing that you're going to have a good time. And the whole reason for this is that everything in the movie is to the beat of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing of the the whole thing of the thing the whole thing of this this movie is the music uh, the the soundtrack and and the first scene um, I can't remember who it was it's probably Nerdwriter on YouTube uh, like laid it out yeah. where everything that happens every action and every sound that happens in the first scene is literally to the beat of yeah. the music the whole time when they walk in when they close the trunk when they when they do anything it's to the beat they're walking to the beat yeah, yeah. Um, it, it had to have taken them oh days. To oh film gosh. just one yeah. action scene. Um and so, and it pays so, off. It's, yeah, oh, with that it though, with that though, with the opening scene, you watch the opening scene and you're like, all right, this isn't something that as much as it was a serious movie and it had serious like conflicts and everything, uh, you you go into it with the first scene, you're like, okay, I'm gonna have fun watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's not gonna be. Uh, I've only seen for other reasons. I've only seen the first half hour of Drive, but Drive is. Some, got similar things in the in the plot and it, and it's I mean, more serious. Yeah, the similarities between Drive and Baby Driver is that like the two main characters are being like almost held hostage by a yeah. man with money. And they're great drivers. Yeah, they're, 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 they're great drivers. getaway drivers. Yeah. Whereas um, Drive is so melodramatic and like overly serious, which mm-hmm. you know you could say that's good or bad for the movie, but that's another discussion. But Baby Driver really like. It works so well with the tone. Like yeah. the tone is just perfect. It's pitch perfect. Uh, pitch perfect. Pitch perfect. <laughs> oh, pitch perfect podcast actually changing. But that's also it plays. I think into the age of baby. Um, in the movie, he's only supposed to be like twenty or something. Yeah. And so you're stuck uh, with. I think he's over twenty-one because he orders alcohol. Okay, over twenty-one, but still he's young, and so yeah. with that. Like, it's the oh, millennial action hero. Yeah, yeah, once you're stuck with him, you're like, you know, he's not taking this seriously. And and if he was an old man doing that, it would be off. It wouldn't feel right. But he's young, so he's doing this. And you're like, all right, like I can have fun with this too. Yeah, and it, it's the, at least for me, like the second it was over, I got in the car, I turned on the soundtrack, and I wanted to floor it <laughs> yeah. all the way home. Um, That's right. It, it really like brings out these emotions in you that it is just so much fun like I don't think mm-hmm. we can say that enough yeah. um, one of the problems I did have with this movie was it was really violent which seemed out of tone for the rest of the like the, the whole last the whole last uh, yeah. like a, a dude gets like a metal pipe ream through him with like a ton of like fake CGI blood mm-hmm. and it, it just seems so out of place for like this light art movie not that like violence is in movies is so awful, but like it just didn't fit the tone for me. <coughs> I, I disagree. I don't think it really conflicted with the rest of the movie too much. The problem that I had was it wouldn't end. Uh, yes. With the conflict of the, the guy at the end, what's his name? Uh, uh, John Hamm's uh, buddy. Buddy. Is it? But I don't know. The so, guy who he he gets his girl or his girlfriend dies, and I love that couple in the movie too. Yeah, like, they really like all these characters are phenomenal, the, and they're so exaggerated, and it's just like. They again that that plays into you just have fun with this movie, mm-hmm. um, but at the end, the guy wouldn't die, and you're just sitting there going like, all right, we know at the end he's gonna die. They're not gonna kill baby off because it's a fun movie, mm-hmm. uh, but when is he gonna die? Go ahead and just let me have that satisfaction. I think they dragged it on too long. Uh yeah, I mean, does anyone have anything to say about Baby Driver? 
I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. <laughs> well, it is a great movie. Great um, movie. Top three, 2017. So. Yeah, I, I, it's I, nominated I, too, right? I do want to see that movie. It, yeah, well, definitely. It might have been nominated for. I don't, I, I don't know where. I, I feel like it was nominated. It should, it should be. be. It should be. It, should be. it definitely should be. I, I haven't seen it, but it should be. Also, <laughs> it was made for a relatively small budget, but like performed modestly at the box office, and like, like it. These are the kind of movies that I would rather see as opposed to like a Marvel movie. Yeah, every yeah, three months. yeah. Um, yeah. It was wholly original, um, and it was just so much fun. Good time at the movies. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, I'm going to save uh, a certain movie that we all watched last night for last, uh, because I feel like that discussion's going to go on like <laughs> a ghost story did. Um, so, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, that's my other movie that I watched this year. <laughs> Besides Blade Runner, which I watched last night. Um, yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, was again, I guess, I guess the same exact thing that I liked about Thor was everything that I liked about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which was that it is a Marvel movie that's funny, and to just to be, to be funny. Actually, I would say Guardians of the Galaxy 2 takes itself more seriously than... I, I was gonna say that too. Yeah. I, I thought, um... Than Thor, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Continue. But, uh, it, it doesn't compare to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, I'll say that right now. Good. Okay, good. Does, yeah. anyone, does anyone disagree with that? Cause, Wait, do um, we think it's better or worse? I think it's worse, uh, period. I, so, when I originally saw it, I thought it was better, but after watching it again, I have to say that it does not, it isn't as good. Uh, yeah, I think one of the reasons that... I've, Oh, sorry. I thought you said yes. No, uh, I was going to say it's, inter- said, it's yeah, interesting. I, uh, I, I definitely have to watch the first one again. Um, but I felt in the second one, I felt I like cared more about the characters and what was happening in the second one more than the first. I felt like they built more on that. Because yeah. um, I didn't really know what, like, when I just, I, I, I know nothing about Guardians of the Galaxy when I went into it and nothing about the characters. But I thought the second one did a better job of selling that to me than the first one. Yeah. I don't know if that makes it a better movie. But I think I think because like it's what a lot of sequels can benefit from is that they can dive in. Yeah, you don't have to like introduce the yeah. characters yeah. and you know here's yeah. her backstory, here's his like yeah. they're all buds now, they're all saving the galaxy. Yeah. Well, buds they break yeah. up or whatever. But I found that made me more invested because it like I knew I guess I had a past experience of like yeah. knowing them and seeing now this is where they're at in, yeah. in the time. I will say I think one of the reasons that a lot of people would like the first Guardians better is because it was kind of more of the first taste we got yeah, of Marvel just, taking it itself less seriously. It was kind of the... Well, I mean, it's uh, the reason why you don't like sequels at all. I mean, just because like, <laughs> yeah. it's so yeah. original the first time. When it, yeah, it was the first one that kind of said, like, all right, like these characters in the comics are humorous, and they joke around, and mm-hmm. they disagree with each other a lot, and it's funny. Yeah. And, and Marvel did that at least a little bit not nearly as much as Thor Ragnarok but yeah. like they started to do that and people were like oh I dig this it was the first yeah. time like made 95 million dollars on this first weekend like Damn. this movie about heroes that no one has heard no, about yeah, yeah. yeah like it's so weird at least compared to other yeah. Marvel movies that we had seen and it killed thank Chris Pratt well yeah I, I think Chris Pratt was probably the biggest yeah. well actually that was 2014 he wasn't even like a star <coughs> that's what made him a star yeah yeah Really? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, because I remember he got all beefed up for it after yeah. Parks and Rec, and people were, people were all making this big deal. Like, 
Chris Pratt is written now. There's nothing wrong with him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, going back to the second one, which is <laughs> oh about. yeah, whole point. <laughs> uh, I will say, like, I think uh, I think the soundtrack was lacking on the second one compared to the first one. I have to. Dis- I like the soundtrack of more? this one better than the first one. Really? Yeah. I think it's more. Oh, I think I remember shit. the second the songs in the second one remember. more than I remember the first. Like it's more memorable. Like I. Actually I mean, I head. listened to both soundtracks I mean, yeah. extensively after the movies yeah. came out. Yes. But um, I guess for me it was because like I had heard a good bit of the songs in the first round soundtrack, so yeah. like I was already used to them. But these it introduced me to a lot of new music. Because um, we're all young people, we don't remember the music of the seventies. Well, I would say I do. I did know all the songs. <laughs> oh, really? From, you know, from my oh. from my parents. You know, I knew all the songs, and like, so I I, I just legitimately believe that the first soundtrack is just a better has better music, especially uh, the first song, and and the idea of that's what again going back to Guardians of the Galaxy one. The <laughs> the idea of doing that, mm-hmm. you know, is just so original and cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's just continue on with the next movie. All right. Uh, so the next movie, uh, like I said, we all watched uh, last night. Two nights ago. Was that two nights? Yeah, that was two nights ago. Which is Blade Runner 2049. Um, so I guess I'll start because I think I was the biggest advocate of this movie. Um, uh, I'll just say real quick that the cinematography is the best of any movie I think ever. Like, I, I feel comfortable saying that. I wouldn't say ever, but it's up there. I would what, what would you ever. put over I would say... It? I disagree. But that's... Of 2017, I, I would say, out of the four movies I've seen, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. It beats Coco, but just by a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, Coco has very good stuff. <laughs> as I... When I was talking about Coco, anyway. Um, and I feel like everyone's talked about the cinematography, how amazing it is. So, like, if you want to know what we're talking about, just watch a trailer, and the whole movie looks as beautiful as what the trailer does. I so, mean, there's not, there is not a single shot in Blade Runner that is not perfect cinematography. Every single shot is like a desktop wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I literally have one of the shots as the wallpaper on my computer right now. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the one where he's walking, first walking into Vegas. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah it's all when it was in Vegas, it was extreme. Which is another thing that we talk about with Thor is it's so colorful. Um, that's something they've done so well with Blade Runner is it gives it even more of a futuristic yeah. vibe that it's so colorful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it does it. And the colors it makes had, more futuristic. had meaning behind more, I mean, obviously a lot more meaning than they did in Thor, where it was just pretty to look at. But yeah. like, and they also used the colors to have meaning, which was really yeah. cool. Yeah. It, and it, the, okay, so... Moving on from the cinematography, because that's been talked to you today. Um, let's talk about the world. The, like, from literally the opening shot, like, you understand what this world is. Um, yeah. And then you only learn more and more and more as the, the film goes on. Um, which uh, you had, Connor had said, um, was kind of a detriment of the first film. Yeah. Um, the world was really pretty, really cool, but it was not fully realized. Yeah, you definitely didn't feel a connection between the characters and the world, which is a very big, it's very important for a film to have the world actually complement the characters in the story. If they're not connected, then yeah. they feel like two different stories, and yeah. it doesn't help. 
especially a world like this which yeah so, you just want to know so much yeah. about it and you really did that's my movie. only complaint i would say is to, i wish i there was more yeah no that, that's a good that's a good thing <laughs> and they and they did that almost all with the show don't tell policy of they just reveal what the world is like to you yeah without explicitly saying it and the only time that they they set a line that i thought was unnecessary that tried to like you know, back up what the world is like is when the guy's pulling the, like, in the archive room or whatever, and he's getting the file for that mm-hmm. unknown yeah, Rachel. Yeah. Rachel or, oh, yeah, no, it was a rose. And, and the guy was, was, talking, the guy was oh. talking about the blackout, and he mentions he was like, oh, the blackout was terrible because obviously, you know, everything here is run on technology. And yeah. it's like, you, sh- you didn't need to say that. And it almost kind of made me mad that he did say it because we know. We're watching it. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that made me a little angry that they put that in there because yeah. I was like, oh, if you took that out, it would have been, like, perfect. Yeah, but, it's very clear that everything is... So, yeah. like, yeah. even if there was a blackout now, like, this is an alternate universe where, like, like, 20... Like, the original movie was set in 2019, a year from now, and it was basically the same as that world. Yeah. Um, but, like, even now, if there was a blackout, like, we would all be screwed. Oh, yeah. Like... Yeah. 10 day blackout yeah so you don't, you don't have to explain to us why yeah. the world running out of electricity is a bad thing yeah, so yeah. yes that is a hit against the movie um but for me watching this movie it it was a uh, what am I trying to say it was like the reason I go to movies like I go to movies to be swept away into this world into the story like I just forget what my life is I am yeah. with yeah. Ryan Gosling with Harrison Ford yeah. Like in this world. Also, I'll talk about the acting. The acting was amazing in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford, I think, like one of his best performances ever. Yeah. Like, he did a lot that I haven't seen from him in any movie, um, and he was much better in this than the first one. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I definitely think recently is like his movies that he's now doing like sequels and like past movies he's doing currently. This is definitely his best performance mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. in a yeah. long time. Um, and Ryan Gosling kills it. Um, yeah, he does. He does kind of have the stereotype of being relatively emotionless and you know just kind of dead. But in this movie, not only does it fit because he's a, a replicant, a robot without emotion, but he's also like is trying to keep his cool. But you can tell he's just losing his mind behind his eyes. Like, mm-hmm. you, it's all in his face and in his eyes. Like, you can just see the hurt and the the sorrow, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, he gives it to you without saying anything. Yeah, you, you definitely see it like kind of building up as he's going through, revealing more about. You know, this is a plot line in the movie that um, that he thinks he could possibly be the child of this replicant. Um, you definitely see him as he's piecing information together as he's starting to like like kind of go through it but he still has that kind of emotionless face but you still you, you see it in, in the way he acts um, and and then there's actually the moment where he actually does he does emotion. lose his cool yeah, yeah he does yeah. and that, that's amazing well yeah. done I'm yeah. glad they did that yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so glad that it was the only time that happened yes yeah, I was going to say that yeah. too just a little freak out yeah. Um, yeah. which one thing that unnecessary or like shouldn't have pissed me off but it did and i already told you guys this that he he has this freak out in this like room this girl's bubbled off in the room she can't leave this room he's right outside of it still in her house and he freaks out and knocks things over onto the floor where she can never get to she can never reach these things and clean that up so and that i think she gets so... has a visitor yeah yeah, yeah she, she does, she does. i guess there. she could but yeah. like 
it pissed me off because I'm like, <laughs> she didn't deserve that. Whatever. But that was not anything against the movie. That was just a personal thing that annoyed me. Um, so I'm going to talk real quick about the message of the movie, and then we'll talk about what we don't like because I feel like we've been just gushing over it. Um, you so have. Yeah. <laughs> that was you. Uh, the message of the movie to me was that, um, not like you are not special, but that's okay because most people aren't. Like most people are just cogs in the machine, and it's mostly about accepting that you are that cog, and while you don't feel like you're making a change or that you are the change, you can still influence that change um, in your own ways. Um, which was really like you don't really see that in a movie th- that tells you. You are like yeah. you are not as good as you think you are because all of us in our own heads are like the stars of our own story. Like we all think about ourselves first, and then who who else is around us? Whereas this movie is saying like, no, like you know, you are not as important as Elon Musk, like doing SpaceX. Like so that was except me, I think. Yeah, except Ethan Ravens, producer of Ten Um if he even exists. Uh, but yeah, I, I, don't get that. I really appreciated that. I feel like it's not something we see a lot in movies, and it really stuck with me. Like, it totally went against my expectations, because, like, the whole time you, like, it gives you clear, clear signs that he is, like, this chosen one, basically. And then, like, with, like, an this is a two and a half hour movie, or two hours and 45 minutes, so, like, with 45 minutes left in the movie, it just says, no, he's not. Like... <laughs> Gotcha. Because like, yeah. gotcha. no, yes, normally you'd be waiting for that big reveal. Yes, he is. Yes, finally. You know, yeah. after this whole story. But no, you don't get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think no, it's great. That, that Which cool. I feel like you would hate because <laughs> you love the happy endings. I do love the happy endings. Which is why I loved all my movies. Well, yeah. it was kind of, I mean, this movie yeah, did was have a pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford got to see his. Yeah, no, yeah he served his purpose. Like what he was meant to. Uh, yeah. Like what he. His role no, was. I think I think the ending was fine. I I just don't like endings where it's like. Uh, no country for old men. No, I don't like no country. <laughs> he for hates old men. no country for perfect, old men. Perfect example. All right. Anyway. <laughs> um. Okay. So we talked about what's great. I want to hear all your guys' criticisms. So the thing with both of the Blade Runner movies that I hated was, you just. I looked. I looked away. My boss texted me, trying to see if I could work the next day, and I answered her text, and then I looked back up at the movie. I missed probably ten seconds of this movie. And, and when we talked about it at the end, I realized I had missed a key part. Like, like one of the most important That things. was yeah. detrimental <laughs> to the movie. And it's like, that could have happened at any point in the movie, and, I, and it would have been the same effect. I would have missed such a key part to this movie. And, and, that, and I've talked to you about this before. That is not a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing in movies. The problem that I personally had with it is that it was two hours and 45 minutes long. And I look away for 10 seconds, and I miss, like, the whole point of the movie. (laughs) So it's like, I wouldn't change anything about this movie, because I think it's perfect the way it is. But it doesn't suit me, because I don't like that in a movie. I, I want, like, obviously, there has to be a reason for everything. Everything in dialogue should be leading to the next thing. I have a purpose. And, and this literally does that, like, to the extreme. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but it gets old when y- you have to sit there for two hours and 45 minutes, and you're not allowed to blink. Yeah. Well, and see, like, for me, like, that was what kept me, like, so engaged in this movie. Like, every line leads to the next, and, like, yeah. you're always, like, just 
at least for me, reeled into this movie. And th- and that's why I say it's perfect the way it is. I wouldn't change it. It didn't suit me personally. Okay. It's just like a ghost story. Might yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just... It's just... I just hate... I don't, not that I hate it. I just... Just watching movies that make you really work for it. It's yeah. That it's, that's like, a great... You really have to work for it. Yeah. And I, I just... Sometimes you want to think about, you know, what you're doing the next day. You know, in two and a half hours, in two, two hours and 45 minutes, you it's can't help it. You, you know, you just stand on a screen, just sometimes your mind wanders or whatever. So. And for me, my mind wanders a lot. So, <laughs> like, I don't, I didn't follow this movie uh, at all. And thank God we took breaks because there <laughs> well, was a train. Yeah, we, we took breaks because, yeah, the train's going by and made us take breaks and we catch everyone up. And I, and I literally, every time I'd be like, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> somebody, helps, yeah. somebody, please. You literally got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you knew nothing what was going on. Yeah, I knew, I knew zero. I was basically like, okay, I could very f- follow the very loose structure of the story, but I had no idea what was happening. I think you like, I think there were times where you didn't understand like, even what, like, the scene was like yeah even yeah like, where are they like, <laughs> yeah yeah i don't like i'm like why are they here now because <laughs> like before he was just here and now he's here like like he'd be like passed out in vegas and then he's like with these other people who like i thought betrayed them but apparently not and so like i was it was very like well those were the people i know i get it now but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. but what i'm saying is when i was watching it and if you weren't there i would have been royally screwed and I just I yeah. that's so I why. talked about this the other night there's like it's like a video game there's like an easy mode and a hard mode and for me when I first saw it I did the easy mode um, in the theater you just watch the uh, the spectacle you watch the cool action scenes you watch Ryan Gosling um, just being you know a brooding Ryan Gosling whatever um, and like that that was enough for me and then the second and third time I watched it like over this past weekend on Monday um, like I could really dive in and like sit in my apartment, pause it, you know, go do my other stuff, and then come back and like be like, okay. So while I would say if you like have the opportunity to see it in the theater, you totally should because like again the cinematography, the first shot my that saved the movie. Yeah, the my mouth was li- like dropped to the ground. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, you can take the easy mode or the hard mode. In my opinion, you should do both. <coughs> have repeat feels. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies. Like most movies, when I see them, I'm usually like, okay, like okay, I see it, I understand it, I get it. But I think this is like the first movie that I really want to go back like multiple times and like just rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've watched it twice in the past three days, and um, <laughs> uh, I w- would like watch it tonight if you know if I had three hours to myself. I don't think I could ever watch that movie all the way through again. Oh, boy. Yeah, dude. That's the whole thing. It, like, I, I don't think I could do that. I would not sit down. I, I mean, I would... I mean, I really want to see the stuff I missed. Like, yeah. you know, I was, like, looking away, like like you said, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. For, for me, it's like a warm blanket. Like, it's just, like, getting in, getting ready, and, like, you, you just relax <laughs> and have the story come through you. But you have to pay attention. How could it be? How could you? Be? Oh, you have to, all right. well, you got to invest. You got to like invest yourself in it. You got to like say, "Hey, I want you know, I want to really understand this or really let's go into it." All right, so we are almost at an hour and a half. So let's get into the voting. So how this is going to work for the audience? Um, we each have um, two points and one point to give. So we can give two points to one movie and one point to another movie, um, and then we're going to tally all the points at the end and. 
the movie with the most points at the end will win. Uh, the best movie, according to 1080C, according to the four of us of 2017. <laughs> the important people in 1080C. Yeah. Can we see the list of movies again? Yeah. Yes, cool. so um, just running it through, we had Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Get Out, uh, A Ghost Story, Coco, Dunkirk, Mother, Thor Ragnarok, Baby Driver, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Blade Runner 2049. So, should we, like... Uh, should we, like, rip this into two pieces or something? Uh, no, you can just give it to me. Like, I'm not going to change the votes. I, okay, I, I don't know if we can trust him. Um, so, yeah, we are going to take a second to vote. All right, so while we're telling these votes, uh, I'll just say thank you to any of the listeners who have made it this far. Um, we want to do this, or at least I want to do this a lot more. Um, we all talk about movies all day, so we're trying to film that uh, for a podcast, so... Um, so yeah, thank you for listening, and, uh, as soon as, uh, we get all these votes in, we will, uh, we'll let you know. I don't think anyone's made it this far. I'm gonna if, say If if someone, Sally. if a single person, no, even Sally wouldn't sit through this whole thing. Sally, if you're listening right now, I lost all hope in you, but I'm really happy that you are listening to this one part. This is probably going to be my parents who made it this far. <gasps> oh, I've never met Ben's parents. So Ben's parents, you guys are the best. Thank you, you made it this so far. much, Ben's parents. I'll I'll give you guys a hug or something. Mr. A. Where Where are Ben's Mrs. parents from? Mrs. A. Uh, from Virginia. Where in Virginia? You've told me before. Uh, it's a little outside of DC. A little outside. That's right. So um, so Ben's parents, I'm happy that you're alive <laughs> and you've created this son. Um, what a beautiful baby boy. What a beautiful baby boy. He, he um, He's a great memer. He which one has one point and which one has <laughs> Kind of somehow messed up this two points. <laughs> it, it's very confusing, I'm sorry. All right, so, so you get one, three movie, one point and the oh, other movie bad. two points. <coughs> so, just to be he's clear. He's got hot boy on his shit. Yeah. This Honestly, yeah. This baby, baby boy Ben. Hey, that needs to be your new uh, name in the group chat. Baby boy Ben. Baby boy Ben. Baby boy, bald boy Ben. Uh, so speaking <laughs> of, speaking of uh, baby boy, uh, we'll start out with baby driver has two points. Uh huh. Um, Coco with one point. This is a uh, who did that? Uh, <laughs> Uh, Dunkirk has a point on the board. A Ghost Story has two points on the board. Did you vote? No. Uh, Blade Runner with two points on the board. Um, and A Ghost Story has one more point on the board. So currently, Ghost Story is in first. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, with three points. Blade Runner in second with two points as well as Baby Driver. And Blade Runner gets two more points. Oh, no. And A Ghost Story gets one more point. Oh, shit. Whoa. What? So we are at a tie. For a Ghost Story Why and Blade Runner. Why did you guys Runner. all vote for yeah. Ghost Story? <laughs> so wait, we have to sell this. Yeah, we have to sell this. So on the oh, back of these pieces of paper, shit. write what movie, Blade Runner or Ghost Story. It can be totally biased now. I don't like either. Uh, this one, I know Blade Runner's fucking winning this one. Yeah, so we got three votes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't even. I can't believe you guys even. We were shitting on Ghost Story. Like, I'm never. I'm what? not even. So, I'm not so, even gonna watch it after the podcast. What? So I, I don't want to see this pie scene at all. <laughs> I didn't. I liked the movie. Okay. What sold it for me was Zach's, um, Zach's debate and argument. So. That, I was yeah. me. Me and Ben had talked about a Ghost Story beforehand over over a group me message that. 
I typed so much that it could not send. I had to take screenshots of everything I wrote. We yeah. had long discussions about this beforehand. So. I think, so like, whatever the group me character limit is, you were at like over 600. Like, yes, it, it said, was. Like, you were 600 over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went on for a while about a ghost story. So Zach's passion is what got a ghost story this far, I guess. But um, yeah, all Blade of these. Runner's the winner. Yeah, so Blade Runner is the winner. Um, so congratulations, Blade Runner. Which I will say, I voted. I voted for it strictly out of cinematography. Really? It was good enough that I I voted for it, and that was the only reason. All right. Well, there you go. Um, so that is the podcast. Um, I think we could just say 2017 was an awesome year for movies. It was, it was pretty good. Um, I, I know I saw a lot of great movies. I'm sure you guys did too. Yeah, so What's our third place? We got Blade Runner at the top, Ghost Story second. Uh, uh, third place was Baby Driver with two points. I voted for Baby Driver. Nice. I points. would. It was my two points. <laughs> Honestly, I would have been happy with any of these movies. Maybe not Mother, but like any of these movies winning. Um, I just want you guys to watch Coco. <laughs> yeah, watch Coco. I mean, Specifically out of spite for you. I will watch a ghost I'll, story if you watch Coco. Shit. No, you wouldn't like ghost story anyways. And I wouldn't like Coco. I'm not going to like so it. So let's just agree not to watch. Do you not like Pixar movies? Huh? Do you not like Pixar movies? I love them. But I know I'm not going to like Coco. Why not? Because you like it. Okay, so I didn't think I would like <laughs> Up, but then Up is one of my favorite right. movies. <laughs> let's okay. end it. Love that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So thank you for listening. Uh, you can probably find us uh, next week, hopefully. Um, and wherever you're watching this, please share it. Uh, just, like uh, like just, 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 just tweet us at Baby Boy Ben. <laughs> at Baby Boy Ben. Um, hashtag, hashtag Baby Boy Ben. I will put each of our social medias in the description if you want to follow us and uh, see what we actually look like, uh, not just audio. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, we are at an hour and thirty three minutes. Um, thanks, Ben's parents. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, ben. yeah, thanks, thanks mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and thank you, Baby Sally. Uh, Maybe Sally. She probably she'll probably skip to the end. She'll probably skip to the end to see how we wrapped it up. So Sally, if you're listening to this now, uh, I hate you. We all hate you. A lot. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Okay, bye.